Hello there, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to another episode of Cookie Cast. Today on Cookie Cast, it's the Darkest Timeline podcast. So there'll be something from the week games, movies, TV, and uh, anything else that's been going on, really. So, yeah. If you're checking us out on YouTube and you're one of our new YouTube subscribers, I just want you to know you're a hero. You really are. Let that be a lesson to the rest of you. If you're listening along, that's all good with us. It's the beauty of podcasts. But if you could subscribe wherever you get your podcasts, whether it's SoundCloud or iTunes, that would be amazing. So here we go. This is CookieCast, the Darkest Timeline podcast. All my noises. I do this every time. Not every time. I do this sometimes. I line everything up. I'm like, that's perfect. That's going to capture the most audio possible. It's also going to block my drink because everything's too low. And it's going to run the risk of spillages. No guesses what I'm drinking. Hi. How you doing? Are you well? Good, good. It's good to hear. I like that. Um, so, episode 100 and something, and uh, one of those weeks, not a lot has happened. Which, in a podcasting world, doesn't make for a lot of content. I was really like, uh, what have I got, what have I got? I looked through some stuff and I was like, uh, you know, there's stuff there. Um, and we'll just have to see how it goes. And then I was like, do you know something? Every time I'm like, I ain't got anything to talk about this week. It always ends up being like an hour and a half podcast because it's just the way it goes. <coughs> so, see how we get on. See what we got. I've got um, things to talk about, um, like the stuff that I've got to talk about, sounds weird, but the stuff I've got to talk about, I've got stuff to talk about. Um, so, fun one to start with, love a fun one, um, I don't really use Netflix um, that might come as a shock to some people I know there are people out there in the world that live on on Netflix you know Netflix and chill um, all of that sort of stuff um, I reached a point where I I found Netflix didn't have anything for me um, and I started using Amazon Prime a lot more because I was watching movies a lot more. And Prime's kind of my go-to for movies. And Netflix would be like a go-to for like series I found. 
And then at one point I found that if you look on Amazon Prime, look at what like films are available like, like they do. I think it's daily film updates. Um, certainly weekly at the least. Um, if you wait, you know, a few days and then go to Netflix, Netflix have got the same films that, um, that Amazon Prime have. And it's basically, it would appear that Netflix just sit and wait to see what Amazon are putting up. And then a few days later, they put the same thing up. Um, obviously, you know, it's a business model. Um, I don't know if there was a point where I just decided there was too much on Netflix, spoiled for choice sort of situation. Um, and the number of times I've sat down, like, oh, you know, I've got a meal, I'll, I'll watch something on Netflix and spend the entire meal just flicking through and watching the, the little advert clips, trailers, whatever you want to call them, and never actually watching anything. Um, so quite a while ago, I moved away from Netflix. Every now and then, I do go back, like if there's something that I know is specifically there that I want to watch. A couple of weeks ago, I ended up going on to Netflix. And I was, you know, logging in and living in a house where there's more than one person. You get that whole, you know, who's using Netflix screen. And I was like, oh, here we go, look at this. Like, there's my account, Lan's account. And a new, an, another account, a third account. I was like, oh, man. One of the kids has obviously, you know, lent on the remote or been messing around pressing buttons and has inadvertently cre created a Netflix account. And it had a funny name and all of this. Like, very much like somebody's lent on the keyboard kind of name. And I'm like, wow. So I was like, uh, it, it, it's funny. I'm going to leave it. So I start scrolling through Netflix to try and find what I was looking for. And ultimately ended up not watching anything. But. At the time, some of the trailers that were playing, I was like, what the hell's going on with this trailer? Why does it seem like it's in a foreign language? That doesn't make any sense. Right, some trailers were, some trailers weren't. But more than one, like I'd, I'd, at one point I put a film on and it started playing in a foreign language. And I was like, that's just weird. A little bit annoying, but hey. Um, Disney Plus did it to me once. Um, I put a trailer on, on Disney Plus, and it played a foreign trailer for the film. It was very strange. So, uh, as I say, Netflix doesn't really have that much for me, and I moved away from it, and I went did something else. Probably a week passed. 
And again, and the, and the weird thing is, I can't tell you what I was going on to Netflix for. But a week later, I found myself on Netflix. Scrolling through, scrolling through, scrolling through. I don't know whether I was looking for something or just looking to see if there was something. And again, I was struck by the knowledge that a lot of the little trailers that were playing were playing in a foreign language. Now, by this point, I'm like, hang on a minute. We're up to like 50% of the stuff that's on Netflix now is in a foreign language. And it's the same foreign language. That's a strange coincidence. You know, if, if one trailer played, played in French and the next one played in Italian and the next one played in Spanish, I'd be like, Netflix hasn't got a clue what it's doing. Like, I mean, maybe I have to uninstall the app or something, I don't know. So, whilst I'm on Netflix, I was like, do you know something, I'll, I'll go and look for something that I've watched previously. So I scrolled to the um, continue watching section. So there, there's a film that at some point I'd, I'd had on. And I started scrolling through the, the section, continue watching, and I'm like, I haven't watched that film. I've never seen that film before in my life. Why would Netflix believe that I'm halfway through watching that film? Next time across something that I've, I've seen or I've watched at some point, the next item is another film and this was the thing because i was like that is not a film i've ever seen it's not something i would watch and i can pretty much guarantee that although she watches some random stuff that's not something that lan would sit down and watch what the hell went through the whole list at the whole list eight percent of the continue watching was made up of films that I have never seen have never watched half of and would never watch I'm like this is getting a bit strange so then so I know what to do let's go down to the watch again section Go to the watch again section. I was like, ah, here we go. This makes a bit more sense because it was like, you know, Bert stand up, Tom Segura stand up, Bill Burr stand up, random film I've never seen before. Right? What the hell is going on here? And then I remembered something. Now I'm just wondering if I do a. I remembered that a little while ago. I had an email. No, that's not it. So, <laughs> do, 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 do. 
Is it this one? Yes, it is. So, on the 27th of April, and the 25th of April, I had two emails, one a day, 25th and 27th of April, from Netflix. Now, I get a lot of these, and more often than not, these particular ones are, press this button and we'll steal all your data and your money. But it, it, a tiny little bit of something was like, why would I get two of these emails? Usually you get like one every now and then. Uh, new sign-in to your account. Uh, we've noticed a new sign-in to your Netflix account with your email address. On a smart TV in Paraguay. So I was like, ah, yeah, okay. Um, basically, it goes on to say if you've signed in recently, then you don't need to worry about it. But if you haven't, you might want to change your password. And then... Another email two days later saying exactly the same thing. I'm like, hmm. Now, because it had like partially pricked my interest, but I didn't think anything of it because I thought it was a scam. I was like, man, whatever. And then they all, all the individual pieces began to slot together. So somebody in Paraguay has hacked my Netflix account and has had the brass fucking balls to set up their own user on my account, change the language so that it plays in Spanish and has then just been having at it. Watching garbage fucking movies for God knows how long. Three weeks at least. The absolute brass fucking balls of it. So yeah, I was like, wow, that is a that is a move and a half. So I came out of the thing, deleted the additional account that had been added and went about changing the password for my Netflix account. Screw you, Netflix hacker. I, just just the mentality of it. Oh yeah, I'm gonna use this, this knobhead's uh, Netflix account because I can't pay six pounds a month. But rather than being sneaky about it, I'm gonna be balls out and set up my own profile what an absolute f whatever. Fuck you, stealing my fucking Netflix. Maybe somebody was like, well, you don't use it. You're right, I don't use it, but I don't want you using it while I'm paying for it. <sighs> so, um,. I did some baking at the weekend. Um, my eldest was very much into the idea of doing some baking. 
and um, we were gonna we made some failed I made some failed rice crispy cakes apparently if you melt some Easter egg down and then add rice krispies to it that's not necessarily how it's done there's a there's a whole science behind it um, so yeah they just the ones I made we made just fell apart there's nothing to stick them together so I found a, a proper whiz bang recipe I like yeah. so oh we need, you know we need to do some baking yes we do let's do some baking in the many years that my eldest daughter has been in a position to do baking it has always always gone like this dada let's do some baking all right cool so i go about getting all of the stuff out that's needed for this the specific item that's being made in this case let's say rice crispy cakes um so i go about getting it all out in the process of me getting everything out she will inadvertently wander off just wander out of the room and go and do absolutely anything else she'll go off to play she'll go off to watch tv she'll go and do anything else so one or two things will happen one either i will go and find her and be like hey i thought we were doing some baking oh yeah 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 or she will reappear out of nowhere oh you know are we ready to do some baking oh yeah yeah i've got everything out ready to rock and roll so then it'll start so in varying different degrees it goes like this start measuring stuff start putting stuff in bowls start you know weighing things and all this that, and the other and at some point in that process she will wander off i've just got to go and do this or just just like slips out of the room like a ghost after a while what i realize is that i am baking on my own and i then basically just go about completing whatever the baking is you know cookies or flapjack Again, in this case, Rice Krispies. And I, yeah, I get so far through the process, I just basically give up trying to do it with said child and complete it myself. Funny though, that every single time that there's a baked good on offer, Oh, everybody wants a piece. Everyone wants a slice. Everyone wants a little bit, don't they? It's it's the weirdest thing, because I remember being a child. And I remember doing a lot of baking as a child. Um, because it's a... It's a fun family activity. Um, I have been known, you know, in, in my time in the past, to be... A, I'm, I, I don't want to blow my own trumpet in this situation, but I have known, been known to have been quite good at certain types of baking or cooking. Um, 
I I always have this whole thing about I have all these children, um, and not a single one of them has any interest in taking on the knowledge that I have when it comes to baking. Um, and I think that's some form. There's some form of karma in there that it's like oh you know I have. I have this knowledge and this information to pass on these little secrets and these little tricks of you know how to make this do this and that do that I have all of this to pass on and nobody cares it's like ah right so yeah that is that is baking in in our house I get to make something for other people to eat um yeah you know i've i've now taken upon uh, upon myself to uh, absolutely rip into her about it so uh i made i made the rice crispy cakes and then i went and found her and i was like uh, thanks for your help with all the baking she uh she was like i told you to come and get me when uh, when when the chocolate was melting I, when when I last saw you, the chocolate was melting. At which point did you want me to get you? I feel it's important to uh, to rip one's child every now and then. So yes, rice crispy cakes are lovely. Chocolate orange flavour, lovely. Uh, so that's my eldest. And her uh, her amazing baking abilities, it works real well. It works. It, it works real well. Um, because something gets baked, you know, you can say, "Let's do some baking," and then it magically appears. You know, the weirdest thing, I have a cat. One of the many things that lives in my house, whether it animal, vegetable, or mineral. I have a cat who is absolutely obsessed about watching you make things in the kitchen. Like he would happily come and watch you make an entire meal or bake something or make a particular drink or anything like that. He's absolutely obsessed with it. And I comment on it all the time. Um, I'm always like, oh, maybe I can pass all of my knowledge on to you. So much so that I wrote a um, a children's story for I was going to say for my middle dog, but for for all of the all of the children um, about the cat becoming a chef. Um, so yeah. So from eldest to middle daughter, Daddy, I want to go to the park. Um, okay, so, um, school, preschool, whatever, I have taken them to the park. Now, personally, in the mid, I keep saying in the middle, we're, to be fair, we are probably coming to the back end of a global pandemic. I don't feel the park is the place to be. 
I'm pretty sure that parks were listed as like one of the mo one of the most high risk areas. I'm sure the parks were actually closed up to a certain point. Um, so uh, yeah, I'm informed that the school preschool have taken them to the park, and I was like. Do you know what? I feel that that's wildly irresponsible. I get that it must be quite difficult to keep X number of children entertained for X amount of time. But I feel that that's wildly irresponsible. However, conversation with Leanne and she was like, well, you know, you, know, you don't know that they haven't taken stuff with them um, to sanitise and sterilise the equipment as well as the children like fair enough you know um you know this was after going to the park and i said well you know we did take hand sanitizer so daddy i want to go to the park oh no obviously i didn't say this but i was like darling i don't want to go to the park because i don't want us all to get sick so daddy i want to go to the park daddy wants to go to the park every moment it's like oh what do you want to do daddy i want to go to the park and with the thing with children is that you reach a point where you realize i think we're gonna to have to go to the park i think that's what we need to do so i had to suck it up and be like right let's let's take some hand sanitizer and go to the park so in hindsight and this is another one of those situations where i should have gone with my gut because just as we were leaving the house, I was like, I might take a mask. I think I should take a mask. Because the one thing that I've always seen through the whole process of this is any time I've seen parks in full swing with like quite a few people in and around them, all the adults are not observing social distancing. Now, I get the whole, well, you're outside sort of situation. But from my perspective, I still think that we should be observing social distancing. So I was like, maybe I should take a mask. In hindsight, I should have absolutely taken a mask. Because I was faced with more than one situation of... Uh, other parents not observing social distancing. Anyway, we go to the park. Um, my eldest demonstrates that she can do the monkey bars and we have a conversation about a time when she couldn't do the monkey bars and how she is now in a position to do the monkey bars. Um, and that I'll come back to. The middle daughter decides I want to do the fireman's pole. Okay. So we go. And it's a process of. She reaches. I basically pick her up. And she kind of mimics. Going down the fireman's pole. Which is ultimately me just lifting her from up high. And taking her to the ground. So she's on. She's on this swing. She's on that swing. She's on a slide. She's on the. The, you know the houses that they make that they've got all sorts of different steps and ropes and all this and the other um, 
she wants to go on the monkey bars so I have to pick her up and carry her across the monkey bars we do this a few times back to the violence pond back down the slide so on and so forth gets the point where it's like fireman's pole fireman's pole I was like darling why don't you do the fireman's pole so we get to the point where I I'm like you know you can you can do this you should do it you know it's a case of when you when daddy holds you 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 reach out and you slide down but basically you can reach the pole so you can just do it I'm here to catch you job done so as with a lot of things like this this is not the first time in the last few weeks there's been a situation where we've been in a park and I want to do this turns into I can't do this and it's this some of my children um, always approach things from a angle of fear they are always afraid of it no matter what it is um, my eldest has uh, a thing about swimming my middle daughter has a fear about pretty much everything um, and my youngest has a fear of pretty much nothing as she demonstrates every time she puts her hand in the dog's mouth which if you need to know is about 500 times a day that's not a joke that is not an exaggeration if she's at home from x time in the morning to x time when she goes to bed it's probably about 500 times so going back to the fireman's pole once it turns into a situation where it's you can do this and i'll stand and catch you if if you fell for example but i don't feel that you need me to hold you at this point because you can reach the pole and you can slide down it so immediately it turns into floods of tears and i can't do it so i don't i don't accept i can't do it this is a conversation that i had with my eldest when it came to the monkey bars and this is why i started to come back to it the monkey bars thing was she tried to do the monkey bars at some point in time and she wasn't tall enough to do it on her own so i would lift her and then i tried to get her into a position where she could do it herself and everything about it was i can't i can't i can't and i said don't say i can't say I am unable to do it right now because there's a difference between the two things one of them is well that's the end of that that is the end of the road because I can't do it the other is at this moment in time I might not be tall enough I might not be strong enough I might not be physically able to do it but I will keep coming back to it and I will keep trying it until I am able to do it. 
I can't do the fireman's pole. As I don't say you can't do it, because I know you can, because you've proven that you can do it. You've got all the mechanics to do it. The difference between me holding you and you doing it yourself whilst I'm basically still holding you is very little different. Crying, 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 crying. So I was like, right, okay, so we need to go home then, because you can't do it. Just like when we were at the, the other park and you told me without a shadow of a doubt that you couldn't climb the rope thing, that after me explaining to you that you were absolutely capable of doing it and it turned out that you were capable of doing it, you then spent the rest of the time that we were there demonstrating to me how you could do it. But this, can't do this one. We're going to have to go home then. Don't want to go home. Want to do the fireman's pole. So this was just went round and round and round in a loop. Until, finally, she grabbed the pole, launched herself forward, slid down it, big beaming smile, yay, I did it, all of this. And my response to her was, thought you couldn't do it. Oh, I've done it now. I don't have to do it anymore. I was like, you're wrong. You need to do it 10 more times. So she completed 10 goes down the fireman pole. And uh, afterwards I said to her, I was like, darling, don't ever say you can't do something. Don't ever say you can't do something. And I called over to my eldest and I said, what do we say? Don't say can't. Say I will. And I said, at the very least, I will accept I can't do it right now. So it was, by this point, it was raining, so it was, you know, time to go home. And where the park is to where the house is, you know, I would say the park is on the street. But, you know, there is a, there's a field and, you know, you know, we're a road away and all that sort of stuff. So we walk back and... You know, we're all different heights and different sizes and different speeds. And it gave me the opportunity to think. And I was like, it's weird, isn't it? Because I was like that as a child. I was afraid of everything. Everything I was afraid of. Because that's what was bred into me. I lived in a situation where I was taught to be afraid. I lived in fear. That was that was my that was my childhood. That was my upbringing. I lived in fear. But then, this is where things got really weird, because outside of the house and the family and the living situation, we were taught and we were told to not be afraid of anything. And it was that situation of. How exactly am I not supposed to be afraid of things when what I'm taught and what I'm told is that I'm supposed to be afraid? I've talked about, you know, things at length. You know, I lived X amount of my life, childhood and beyond, in this constant state of fear. Yet the, the contrasting nature of going out of the house and being told not to be afraid of anything. I remember a, 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 
carnival experience where I insisted I absolutely had to go down the Helter Skelter. Big Helter Skelter. They gave you... I don't know what... what like a... Like a Hessian sack? Or a... I don't know, like a doormat or something to slide down. It made it go faster and stuff. And I got up there and I couldn't do it. This is this is one of those memories that sticks with me and haunts me. Because then nobody can go down the hell at scale because I'm stuck at the top of it. And my father comes and it's all the usual, just get on with it, just do it. What are you afraid of? All this, that and the other. And as with, you know, the the fireman's pole of the story, eventually I went down the hell at Skelter, I got to the bar, I was like, that was fun, can I do it again? But the bit in between, all the fear, everything rooted in fear. And then... I look at the situation where the fireman pole's presenting, and it's like, <sighs> so after the whole after the whole incident, I just ended up feeling sorry for for the little guy, for the for the middle daughter. I felt I felt sorry for her because I know what that situation was like. I've lived through that situation. I've lived through being taught to live a life of fear and then having to go out into the big wide world and try and function and not be afraid. I just felt sorry for her. It's, like, it's everything. It's everything that she goes through. It's every... Every situation she starts from a position of fear. Weirdly, she was afraid of the puppy, day one. Day two, she was like, ah, I'm done with this. Uh, and they are they are best friends, they are they are thick as thieves. Um, and it's it's just I I know that one as well. I know that one all too well. The, I, I, you know, I can be afraid of this or I can just get on with it. Um, so, yeah, I, uh, yeah, I know how she feels, but, yeah. Been managing to get through um, a fair amount of podcasts. I'm listening to podcasts on a morning when I go out running. I'm listening to podcasts when I'm working out on an evening. And I've been able to get a few podcasts listened to during the day. Um, every now and then you get a podcast presented by a particular type of person. Um, and every now and then the, the types of people that pop up on these podcasts as guests are actors. I listened to a podcast today and it was um, done by somebody that I, I, I like. You know, obviously I'm listening to their podcast. Um, 
and they had an actor on and i was like who is the actor they've got on oh this actor in question is an actor that i enjoy watching but you know something that just keeps coming up <laughs> this is just gonna sound out What what was the where did it happen? Where was the point where someone decided that all all of these actors <laughs> it's just make believe. Ultimately, it's the child that loved to imagine stuff as a child. One of my children can literally slip into a fantasy world at the drop of a hat. This item is not this item, it's this item, and this is a fantastic item, and, and there's a song that goes with it, and, uh, and, and this doll's doing this, and that doll's doing that, but it doesn't even have to be a doll, it can be literally anything, and it's amazing. Um... But isn't acting just the the child that didn't grow up? Because it's all make-believe. And I'm not sure if... <laughs> and, and this is the thing. I, I, enjoy, I enjoy movies. I enjoy TV. I, I enjoy, you know, even animation with, you know, ama you know amazing voice actors. <coughs> I enjoy it all. And I, I agree that every now and then you see a movie and it's like, a movie is amazing. And then you've got the, you know, you've got Oscars and gold, Golden Globes and this person gets an Oscar for this. You know, you've got, uh, let's see, uh, Joaquin Phoenix's performance in Joker. Just, just, you know. Of course that's worth an Oscar. Likewise, um, you know, if he does still been alive Heath Ledger in the same role in the Joker um, to move away from the Joker um, one that always strikes me the Javier Barden from No Country for Old Men um, I very much enjoy uh, Viola Davis and the stuff that she's been doing recently um, just amazing actors but more recent, more and more recently, there's all this stuff about the the actor that um, that helps to edit the movie, and the actor that got uh, a note on their acting that they didn't appreciate, and the actor that you know they're listed as an actor, but basically they directed the film, even though the film has a director, and and it's this just this weird situation i listened to a podcast today like i say somebody that i enjoy listening to and have done for years had the director of a film and the main actor of said film and it was oh, i thoroughly enjoyed this film it was amazing talk to me about it how did you come up with the idea and oh, i came up with the idea like this and then we go to the actor and the actor's like oh i acted like this and i did that 
that is all fine. But by the end of the podcast, the director wasn't really the director, they were just along for the ride because let's face it, the actor was the true director. And they were responsible for getting all the money together for the film. And they got all the meetings sorted to get the green light for that. And and after a while, it's like, oh, wow. And then just, there's a real sort of, this real pretentious nature around. It's just make-believe. So because of that, we have to make it out to be bigger than it actually is and again coming back to you know there are some amazing actors out there in some amazing roles and I love you know all of that stuff and I you know I am repeating myself here but I don't think we should mix these things you know it's playing make-believe and you know we should just take it for what it is i'd seen a quote at some point it's to do with one of the avengers like one of the big avenger films like um won't have been infinity war must have been endgame um brie larson making uh, this this comment about how she uses her platform to do this that and the other and then it went to jeremy renner and he was like i'm i'm just an actor i'm just acting a role and that's kind of that really and that to me was exactly what it boils down to the difference between this sort of what feels like this new age type you know i'm an actor but really i'm more than just an actor versus I suppose like the old school like you know I turn up on set I say my lines and I go home it's just it's a very bizarre thing and like I say and this was the thing this was what what made me think about this was I like the actor in question from today's situation this is not the first time that I've come across this I like the actor in question. I really enjoy the roles that this actor plays and I find them to be amusing in and out of various characters. But they went from being, oh, I quite like that actor, to, oh, wow, you are really full of yourself. You do know it's just acting. And I can say just acting, but whatever. Um, I do feel like I'm digging myself into a bit of a hole on this one. So, uh, let's move on. Bit of a weird one entertainment-wise. I was sure, absolutely adamant, that I'd watched a film this week. No idea. And then ended up with, I don't think I have. Um, what, I've written, what I've written down here is, um, I, I've, I've been missing episodic tv i am a man who hates episodic tv what i mean by that is when they release an episode a week you know like they used to you know and i've seen recently a lot of studies done around 
episodes of TV series being released weekly in a in a Netflix world, coming back to Netflix, in a binge-worthy world. But it goes back to the times when you used to, there was, you know, you used to sit down, you used to watch a, t- a particular show. Excuse me. At a particular time of day. And then you talk about it. And in a world of binging TV, you don't talk about stuff. You talk about, oh, did you see X series? Oh, it was good, wasn't it? And that's it. That's the end of it. Cost X number of millions of dollars to make. Cost X number of hundreds of hours to be summed up in. Yeah, it was good, wasn't it? Ah, oh, yeah, I loved it. Um, so I have been missing the fact that, you know, there's no um, no American Gods, no matter how much I've up and downs with that series. No Invincible, again, and a couple of ups and downs with that. Um, what else have I been watching weekly? Um, but I've been missing the, you know, I was sitting down on a Friday night, I was eating my tea, and I was watching this week's episode of so I've kind of been missing that, but it kind of made me a little sad. Um, I think that's why that was why I've been ending up on Netflix so much. Um, so I watched Solar Opposites episode two because I felt that I was probably overly harsh because you should never judge something on its first episode, and in a lot of cases you shouldn't judge anything on its first series. Um, I recently heard listened to a podcast in the last week where they mentioned Solar Opposites um, off the back of you know Rick and Morty and saying um, how good it was. So I, oh, maybe I was a bit harsh on that. So I watched the second episode. And if you ask me now what it was about, I couldn't tell you because I couldn't... It physically couldn't hold my interest. And it's not like I was sat on my phone whilst it was on. I was eating. But it was one of those situations where I'd like, you know, look down at the bowl I was eating from and I'd look up and it's like, oh, I've missed a bit. I can't imagine it matters. I don't feel that there is a place in in this world for that show. But more and more people are telling me that it's good. So I'm a bit like, am I really just missing the mark with this one? Or is it missing the mark with me? I should probably give it another go, but, you know, how many times do you need to give something a go before you just have to say it's just not not for me? We'll see. Um, The only other thing I wrote down from an entertainment perspective was... um, Again, coming back to Netflix, for all that I don't use it, apparently I can't stop talking about it. Um, I was scrolling through, looking for something, and I was like, I have this this sweet spot. 10 till 11. If it's before 10 o'clock, it's too early to put a game on. If it's... If it's after 11 o'clock, it's too late to put a movie on. So there's this spot between 10 and 11. I do this thing where I go, do you know something? I want to put something on to watch. But it can't be a movie because a movie's too long because I'll still want to play some games. 
So, more often than not, I end up in the stand-up arena. Because the stand-up, hey, they're an hour if that. So I was in the mood for some stand-up the other night. I was mooching around. And I stumbled in the watch again section, as, as we know. And in said watch again section, possibly the first item that came up that I'd actually watched, rather than somebody in a different country, um, was Bert Kreischer's most recent stand-up special, Hey Big Boy. Now, at the time, I did somewhat of a review of it. Um, and for me, personally, with Bert being up there as one of my more favourite comedians, he's certainly in the, you know, the, big, the, the current big three, the... The Burt, the Tom, the Bill. You know, Burt Kreischer, Tom Squire, Bill Burr. Um, the, you know, if you follow through, certainly the specials that are available on Netflix, uh, The Machine, Secret Time, and Hey Big Boy. The Machine obviously launched him to superstardom with The Machine Story. Secret Time, I believe, is hands down his best work and is hands down one of the best stand-up specials there's ever been. So, that's a lot to live up to. When Hey Big Boy came out, I watched it, I waited weeks and weeks and weeks, it came out, I watched it the first night and I was not blown away by it to start with I watched it the next day and like I say go back there'll be there'll be a review I watched it the next day and I was less enamored with it um, I have seen it twice since then and it brought me to a point where I started to think that A, it wasn't actually that good. It wasn't a very good stand-up special. It wasn't very enjoyable in a lot of ways. It seemed to be... In, in hindsight, when I looked at it, I was like, pretty sure it's just like, you know, two or th three, maybe a few more, really long stories that just so happened to have funny bits. Uh, you know, I was like, oh, stuff with the coffee shop, there's the stuff with um, the the guns, uh, there's the stuff with, you know, he always talks about his daughters and stuff. I think that might be it. Um, and a couple of things started happening. One, I started really disliking it as a special. And two, I started to wonder if Bert had been a bit of a one-trick pony in a weird way, that maybe he'd just been, like, super lucky with his previous specials. There is another one. I want to say it's called Comfortably Dumb. But don't quote me on it. And I've never seen it. I've seen clips of it. But I've never sat down to watch it from start to finish. 
Anyway, I'm scrolling, I'm scrolling, I'm scrolling. I, f I stumble across Hey Big Boy, and I'm like, do you know what? I haven't watched it in a while. I'm feeling generous. Maybe I was overly harsh on it. I'm going to watch it now. Sam always says to me, why do you watch stuff that you don't like? And my answer is always the same. Because one day, Sam, you might realise that you do in fact like it. But why would you do it if you don't like it? And for this very reason, I sat down to watch Hey Big Boy, I watched through it, and I really enjoyed it. I really enjoyed it. I probably enjoyed it more this time than the first time. And here's the thing. There is a thing about stand-up specials. Some of them aren't impactfully funny the first time out. Some of them aren't funny the first few times. Sometimes you have to watch something a few times before you really get it and get into the groove of it. And then sometimes it ends up being like, that's possibly the greatest stand-up I've ever seen. Um, I, had it, I had it with a few. I had it with um, Bill Hicks way back years ago. I had this thing where I watched um, the first ever stand-up special of his dad's scene. And I didn't like it. I didn't think it was very good. I didn't laugh. Um, and then I watched it again and thought it was one of the most amazing things I'd ever seen in my life. Stand-up is weird like that. Um, so, yes, I, I can say I sat down. I watched Hey Big Boy again. And... Um, I really enjoyed it. Uh, it was exactly what I needed at that point in time. Um, so there you go. And you know something? I'm already thinking I'll probably watch it again at some point. Computer games. Now, anybody who's a, a long-time listener will have noticed that, yes, VR seems to have taken uh, a hiatus from podcast from my life and so on and so forth anybody who's been listening more recently will know that that is largely to do with uh, the puppy and anybody that will be uh, listening along will know that I keep threatening that it's going to come back it is going to come back um, I, I imagine in the next couple of weeks there's going to be another change of things um, so watch this space um, I have bought two games recently, both of them from the same franchise. Uh, I bought Resident Evil 7 and Resident Evil 8. Reason being is that I kept seeing videos, reviews and so on and so forth for the fact that they just released Resident Evil 8 and all of a sudden I was like, hmm, I think I want to play this game. Looks good, it's getting good reviews. Doesn't look like Resident Evil 7, which looked super creepy. I avoided that game like the plague. I was like, I gotta get as far away from this as possible. Started talking to Sam. Sam's played literally every Resident Evil game from from the first one to Resident Evil 8 recently. And he's just been saying to me, constantly resident evil 7 isn't that 
bad. It's not as scary as you think it is. It's more this and it's less of that and so on and so forth. And I've been very much like, but I've seen the trailers. I've seen gameplay footage of this game. I've seen reviews of it. It, it All it talks about is how scary it is, how creepy it is and all of this. No, 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 no. I assure you that is not the case. The enemies don't do this and, and it's just this bit at the beginning. But if you can get past... This went on for ages, and I was like, look, uh, I'm just going to buy Resident Evil 8 and play that. Well, I really do think you need to play 7 because it's a direct sequel. And my response was, crap. Because, being the way I am, being the person I am, being the way I operate, there's absolutely no way I'm just going to skip a game. So, it began the process I have a conversation with Leanne about it she's like get it I can't get it it's super creepy is it though is it going to be that bad so I tell her what Sam said she's back on the get it what makes it worse is I find a copy of it for £11 at a place that I have credit for so it was basically going to cost me nothing Next thing, Leanne's like, I'll play it with you. So you'd have to play it on your own. I'm like, really? Yeah, I'll play it with you. So I was like, okay, here's an idea. I'm going to watch some actual gameplay footage. Which I did. And this veil of, it's scary, it's creepy, all of a sudden, it started to sort of fade away a little. And be replaced with, it does look fun. Now, bearing in mind, having played all of the Resident Evil games, Sam is saying that the two best Resident Evil games are the, is the remake of number two and number seven. And I'm like, I mean, that's... It's high praise. So, in the end, I bit the bullet. I bought seven. I bought eight. Let's do this. Eight obviously turns up almost immediately seven took nearly a week to turn up so i started playing seven and other than there was one thing right at the very beginning i had to walk through a door into a pitch black room and it scared me it, it was like the the tension that is built up to that point and it is literally the very beginning I was like I don't want to do it I don't want to do it I don't want to do it and then I did it and it was fine and it just it's done in a particular way where I was talking to Luke about it and I was saying I think you just have to remove the the mask of it's gonna be scary if you remove that and just focus on you know playing the game then you can kind of deal with it so I've been playing Resident Evil 7 and so far I'm quite enjoying it I'm very surprised by the whole process of it because I just didn't want anything to do it I keep seeing that it's like Oh, it was released in 2017. It's like, it's four years ago. 
Seems weird to me that I've managed to get this far, just absolutely adamant I wanted nothing to do with it. And now I'm like, actually, I'll give it a go. And now I'm like, it's quite good. It's got a super classic Resident Evil feel to it. Very much a go off and find this puzzle piece to progress kind of situation. And then complete this puzzle. It's presented in first person, which to my knowledge is the first time absolutely seamless you 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 it's like you forget that the previous games were third person um feels a lot like classic resident evil i keep saying to people that it feels to me a lot like dead space in a weird way as in you know not not set on a spaceship and that sort of stuff but i get a really weird dead space vibe from it Obviously, it's heavily in, um, influenced from any time you've ever seen a horror movie that's set in a house with a creepy family. Heavily influenced by that. Um, but it's weird to say, so far it's been <coughs> almost an enjoyable experience. I don't want to ruin anything because I'm not, I'm not super far into it. Um, it's difficult because I do... Journey, you know, I generally only play it when lands around, and because of that, I have also been playing Cyberpunk. Saw a thing today that was like Cyberpunk five months on, and where are we? And then it just said, still not available on the PlayStation Store. And then it talked about you know the numerous patches the games had, and it's still not right. Um, I will say this, it is certainly, to a degree, better than its first incarnation. I don't even think I played its first incarnation. But, for a game to be the level of broken that it still is, and when they do patches, they remove features from the game that make the game more playable. So they, they, they do this thing where they remove the ability to like skip certain conversations. So then you have to sit through those conversations. And it's just like, really? Why have you taken that feature away? You know, along with the multiple bugs, my favourite of recent time being riding down the street on a motorbike. And um, just in the middle of the road, just almost hitting a brick wall that didn't exist, flying off the motorbike, falling through the road um, to land on a different road for the game to then crash. When I reloaded it, obviously it hadn't saved any time near there, so I had to do it all again. Uh, stuff like that is 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 ever present. It's yeah. It's it's just as I, as I keep coming back to it, it is just a real shame. Um, I've got a couple of other games in the sort of periphery. I need to go back to Assassin's Creed. Um, I've actually got a couple of um, digital games. I need to sort of crack on with 
Uh, and I've got Resident Evil 7 and 8 to play back to back. So there's that. Um, sorry for the uh, for the somewhat lacking um, entertainment section. Um, like I say, I'm getting to a point now where things all take another shift uh, in the puppy world, which fingers crossed will mean that the entertainment stuff will get back on track. Uh, so I apologise for that side of things, but um, can't win them all. That's it for this one. So uh, I'll catch you guys later. Bye. So there you go. What do you think to that? Another one done. Another one gone. So, so many. Just so many. Big thank you to all the new YouTube subscribers. You could be one too with the click of a button. Tell you what, how about you subscribe, then drop a little comment and say you've done it. Who knows, maybe if enough people do it, there might even be a prize in it. You can do the same on the audio side of things, whether it's SoundCloud, iTunes, or wherever. Drop us a comment, let us know you subscribed, and we'll hook you up with a prize. So there we go. That's it for this one. Until next time. I'm going to say bye, and I'll see you then.